Thank you, Lord. Mm. Lord, we just bless your name today, Lord God. We worship you. We glorify you, Lord. You're so good, God. Lord, we're so thankful for your presence, for your spirit. Lord, we're so thankful for the goodness that's in your heart that abounds toward your people and toward the world around us, Lord God. We are just thankful today, Lord. We stand in your presence today, and we glorify your name, Jesus. Son of God, Son of man, we bless your name, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Woo! Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Yes, good, isn't it? Mm. Wow. Well, we just do say hello to all of you guys that are newer here. We just love that you're here to receive. And my prayer to you is that the Lord will just give you everything that you're really hungering and thirsting for in the Lord. That's just my prayer today, really, for this whole room. And um, just thank you, Lord. Well, I would just want to... Um, give you a message I feel like the Lord's been speaking to me about. Um, you know, I've been on a message for a while about uh, since the women's retreat back in October, you know, after a long season of, you know, around 2000, 2008, 9, that we, this congregation started going through really trial after trial. And you get in the midst of that and you don't really know what's going on, but you know, uh, we feel like it's a brand new season. Although I want to say this, it wasn't just this church. Most of the body of Christ was going through crisis. Everything I read everywhere, it was just like just really rough stuff going on. But, um, you know, we, I think um, about a year ago, the Lord just began downloading things to me that have been uh, deep, deep, I believe life messages for me, um, and I believe life messages for this congregation and for the people of this congregation. At that time, we were moving in revival when uh, we felt like the rug got poured out, pulled out from under us. It was amazing. Um, if you weren't here then, we had such a movement of the Holy Spirit. You just you just walk in the room and get blasted, and. Um, it was, we just opened the door and said, yes, Lord. And that's where we really just really began valuing the river of the Holy Spirit. We realized there was a river that was flowing from the throne of God and that we could access that river and get everything we needed. Downloads of revelation were coming in that river. So much of what you hear us preach and teach today has come through that outpouring. It's the Father's heart, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, the, the Holy Spirit in our midst, the adoption as sons and daughters. So much came through that, and yet we got the rug pulled out from under us with tragedy and with so many difficult situations. But, you know, the one thing on the backside year 2014 today, God is still on his throne. And he, in the midst of that, has done great and mighty things. And I believe that with all my heart, that we serve a God 
And this is what I want to say that brings resolve in our life when we go through things. He doesn't just leave us hanging out there, you know, and just don't really just leaves us in a quandary about these things. But he in our life will bring resolve. And I've said this before, if it's not on this side, it will be on the other side. All that we've lost will be gained again on that other side. People we've lost, destinies that were lost, I believe will be fulfilled on the other side. Destinies, my baby girl, Hannah Joy, that we lost at birth, she is fulfilling her destiny right now in heaven. So I've said this before, there is no loss in the kingdom. And, to, and I just want us to really grab hold of that, that I do believe we have, we're crossing over to the promised land. But here's what's in the promised land. Promises. Promises are in the promised land. I believe the Lord really wants us to see that everything, I've said this over and over, everything that's written from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, will be fulfilled. There's not one jot or tittle that will not come to pass. Every promise that is written, and as believers, that's what we stand on. And I believe this, that the trying of our faith is precious. Because what comes out of the trying of our faith is gold. And you know what the gold is? It's the promises of God. You would think when you go through trials, you're going to come out just all whipped like a dog, but the, it's really opposite. You come out holding gold. You hold the things that are really valuable in your life. And I believe that's what God has done in this season of River Life Fellowship over. I, you know, we started in the river and... Revival, we, we have a passion here for the presence of the Lord. You know, we've always said this, if we could narrow everything down to one little vision that we esteem here at River Life, it's His presence. We really don't have great grandeur visions for this and for that. We just know we love His presence and we want to be filled with his presence. And we want to give his presence away to the world around us. It's pretty simple. It really is pretty simple. And so the enemy went after that with us. He targeted us. Because, you know, what happened with Satan in the fall? He was banished. When he fell, he was banished from the presence of God. Do you think he's a bit jealous? Do you think of us? So we're lovers of his presence. And we're going after his presence. So I don't, I think we have to really understand that we have an enemy that does not sit by idly and is going to allow us to just smooth sailing We've had resistance to what God has for us as a body. But you know what? God uses resistance. He, he, none of this. He, Psalm 2 says, 
He sits in the heavens and he laughs at the kings of the earth making their plans and their counsels against the living God. Our God sits in the heavens and laughs when there's resistance because he just knows that all that resistance just works toward the greater purpose. He knows it's a greater purpose being worked in and through us. So we can just relax (laughs) when we're seeing this stuff and know how to just say, Lord, you're in control. I trust you. No matter what, you have a good plan for us. So that's really, so this, you know, one thing I've been preaching on since October and um, Paula Stark actually brought the word to me, so Jorn, for the women's retreat. And when she said it, it was like, wow, it just, you know, really set in. And I've really been on this, but this scripture, Hebrew eleven thirteen. Did I give you eleven thirteen? I don't know. Did I do that or not? Eleven thirteen. Yeah. Okay, this is one I really like. It says that those all died in faith, not having received the promises but have seen them afar off, were short of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And I think if we can get this in our perspective of our life, that we're pilgrims and we're sojourners in this world. Okay? And so the one one thing that helps us with is gain perspective of really what life is about. It was really never meant to just be on this earth and have this build a house, have two cars, have children, go to work, come home, put some money in the bank, grow old, go to a nursing home, go home, go to the Lord. You know, it was really never, but, but this is the mindset we stay in. But it was really never meant to be. We have been put on this earth for a purpose. We are pilgrims and sojourners. We do not belong here. This is not our home. We are here for a season. And this journey, this process we're in, the process is just as much as important as the destination itself. Just as important. And it's good for, and and really, if, if all of the scripture, you can see all the stories of the Old Testament, what were that, what was happening, revealing this to us? Um, I gave y'all this Hebrew 11.10. This is talking about Abraham. It says, for he waited for the city. He was sojourning. God was, he was sojourning through his plan, his purpose. He waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And I'm so thankful that I'm not looking, I'm not going to live my life for this world, there's no foundations here. We, we don't have a foundation to build upon here. There's only one, and it's the, it's the foundation and maker, the heavenly city that is from the Lord. We have a heavenly city. Uh, Hebrew thirteen fourteen says, For here we do not have an enduring city, but looking for the city that is to come. Isn't that good? We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're already there. Isn't that great? We really already have the city. We don't have to look for a city. We already have the city. We're living in the city that's from above. It's, it's seated with Christ in heavenly places. 
So, amen. So, I want to just say this to you. There is hope in the Lord. If we can get our life in perspective that we're on a journey, we're sojourners in this earth, we have a good shepherd that is leading us. He's the good shepherd of our soul. He is leading us. He will always lead us into green pastures, no matter what. No matter what, he will lead us into green pastures. And the one journey I have been pondering on lately is Jacob. Uh, Jacob is, I want to share some things with you about his life that really just is a, it's one of the most profound stories I believe in Scripture is the story of Jacob and Joseph. And um, this is one of the things I've seen in this story that I want to say to you this morning, that we have a good shepherd. We're on a journey. We're sojourners. He's, he's going to lead us through everything that we face. There's, he absolutely has promises for us to live in and that he will always bring resolve to every situation we face. I, do you know what I mean by resolve? He's not going to leave us just hanging out there with loss, with pain, with all the things we go through in life. I believe there's always a great resolve. In Scripture, you always see the great resolve. You see the end of the story. And there's a really great song out there um, that's called, I Know the End of the Story. I'll come up from the wilderness leaning on my beloved. Isn't that great? I know the end of the story. I'll come up from the wilderness leaning on my beloved. Isn't that great? We already know the end of the story, right? That's the body of Christ at the end of the age, coming up from the wilderness. And she has learned to lean on her beloved. So often, the things we've walked through and are walking through are teaching us just that. It's we're learning our God more through that. We're learning his nature. We're learning different sides of God. We're learning to utterly depend upon him. Jacob. Let me just tell you about Jacob quick and Joseph. I want to get through this really fast. Jacob was, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Our patriarchs. Here's Jacob. He's born. He's a twin. He's born, has a, a brother Esau. They grow up. He dupes Esau out of his inheritance. Because of that, he has to run. And he runs. His, his parents make him leave because Esau's mad. I want to tell you one quick thing about Esau. Okay, Esau really was wronged. But because his reaction to being wrong was not good, do you know he went and married somebody outside of the camp, so to speak, to make his parents mad? Just want to put that in. When we're wrong, it's really key that we behave right. Because we will create a bigger mess. So I'm going to plug that in, you know. So, but Jacob's on his way. And he has an encounter with the Lord. And in this encounter, he's sojourning to where his next place of destiny is. Okay? He gets on his way. He has a visitation. This is his encounter number one. 
And I'm not going to read a lot of these scriptures because we're short on time, but I'm going to tell you what happened, okay? On his way, he, the Lord, he's laid his head on this stone. He fell asleep. And a stairway from heaven comes to earth, and there's angels ascending and descending on it, okay? And the Lord speaks to him. So here's what the Lord speaks to him. He reaffirms his promises to Jacob. And here's what he says. The land on which you lie, I'll give to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. You'll spread out to the west, to the north, to the east, to the south. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That's us. Okay, that's one of those promises that's in the promised land. He says, I am with you. That's huge right there. And I will be with you and keep you wherever you go. Huge. Huge promise for us. Wherever you go on this sojourn and this journey we're on, I'm going to keep you. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. I'll bring you back to this land. I will not leave you, listen to this, until I have done everything I have promised. This is a visitation he is having with the Lord. Angels ascending and descending. This is the Lord's promises over him. His destiny and his promise being spoken over him. Well, guess what happens after that? He ends up with Rebecca, uh, he ends up at Laban's house. And this is the thing about promises we have to realize. He ends up there. He lays eyes on Rebecca. He knows he's supposed to get to have her as his wife. He gets there, and what happens? He has to work for her for seven years. He gets tricked. He gets Leah instead. Has to work another seven years. So this promise didn't come just like blap, did it? There was some. Uh, there was a journey and a sojourn involved in that. It was Rachel. Rachel, I'm sorry, Rachel. Thank you, Dean. So I like Rebecca a lot because of my name. <laughs> huh? That was his mama. Rebecca was his mama. Rachel was the wife he was after, so thank you. So, you know, that's just something to keep in your mind. And so he is very blessed in that place, and the Lord tells him it's time to leave. And so he goes to... On his way back to his family, he's having his second encounter with the Lord. He is alone. He has, he's afraid. He's afraid to face Esau because when the last he saw Esau, Esau was mad, as you know what, at him. So he's really afraid. He doesn't know what he faces when he gets back to his brother. He, uh, he sends his family on to a, a place where they're safe and secure, he has another encounter with the Lord alone. And this is one thing I really like. I want to make a point. That first place was called Bethel House of God, by the way, that first encounter. That's important. Angels ascending and descending. His head laid on that stone. Okay? He's having this encounter. The Lord's revealing promises. And he calls this God's house. That's great, isn't it? And um, so the second encounter, I love this. He meets angels on the way back. Okay? And um, so 
Actually, let me get this straight. That His third encounter is where he's alone. Okay, that's important. Second encounter, he's on his way back, and these angels meet him. And I love his response. This is Genesis 32.1. They meet him, and he says to this angel, he said, this is God's camp. Isn't that interesting? An interesting response. This is God. He would say, my family that you see is God's camp. And he said this, I came to this Jordan. This is uh, Genesis 32, 9 through 10. I love this. I'm going to read it to you. Oh, God of my father, Abraham and God of father Isaac, oh, Lord, who said to me, return to your country, to your relatives, and of all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant, for with my staff only, listen to that, I crossed the Jordan. And now I have become two companies, Leah and Rachel with all his sons. Now, you remember when I preached on crossing over the Jordan a few weeks ago, where what happens at the Jordan, where it was uh, Elisha who received the double anointing at the River Jordan. Well, look what's happening here, crossing over. He came across with double. Double. Now, remember, he's, he's sojourned. He's had some rough rides here, okay? He's crossing back over, but what does he have now? Double. I'm just saying this to you, okay? I, I want to bring up why I thought about Jacob. We've had two, we have two widows, young widows in this church who have both lost husbands along our sojourn. And they have both remarried in the last year. They have both married Jacobs. I think the Lord's saying something to us. I think the Lord's saying that to us. And I really do believe this. I believe what we've been through, what the enemy went after in us, that the Lord is ready and waiting to give us more than what we started with. I really believe that. With all my heart, I believe there's a humility that has been worked into us just like it was being worked into Jacob where he said this. He said this, I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and your faithfulness that has been shown to me. There's been, you know, when you go through stuff, you just get broken. Brokenness is a beautiful thing. Arrogance and pride is a nasty thing. You just stand two people up side by side, they can say the same words to us. You could stand them up, and one could say them in arrogance and pride, and you would do like this. The other one in humility, and you would go, oh, so beautiful. You know, it's what's in the inside of a person. It's what's in us that comes out. So what's been worked into us is what comes out of us. And I, Jacob's journey really, you just see a beautiful thing being worked in this man. And this is one of the things you see, but I wanted to make that encounter number three. This is where he is approaching his brother and he's scared. He has sent his family ahead to a safe place. And he's alone with the Lord. This is Genesis 32, 
24 through 32. He's alone with the Lord, and he wrestles with the Lord all night. And he says this. This man, this is interesting, he's wrestling, and this man says he sees that Jacob is prevailing in this wrestle. This is wild. Jacob's winning. He's prevailing in the middle of this fight. Now, I'm going to tell you this. We can fight with God all day we want. We can just fight and fight and fight with him, and we may prevail to a certain extent. But if we keep that up, with I, I believe Jacob, he was a, such a strong-willed guy. You know, really a strong-willed guy that really he just, he wanted to be blessed. There were things in his heart. And really, I believe this, that there was only one way for him to really come into all that he had that the Lord wanted him to have, the promises of God that were resting on this man's life. I think there was really only one way for him to really come into all of it, and I think it was his thigh to be pulled out of socket. And I think it's interesting, the Scripture says, to this day, the Hebrews, the Jews, will not eat the sinew in the thigh, the blood in there. Is that what that is? Whatever that is. Sinew. Because of that. Isn't that interesting? And so what I see with that, and then, you know, do you see what I'm saying? That this brokenness is really meant to take us into destiny. And I believe there's often no other way to get there. And I'm saying this to River Life Fellowship. I believe we have surrendered to the process. And I've told you before, I don't understand in the Lord, why bad things happen. I don't, I'm not going to develop a theology on that because I don't think anybody has that right. There's a lot of, we don't know. But I can tell you this, I, we can get the good out of it. We can uh, allow ourselves to surrender to the process. So here we have Jacob limping, and I love this. His name gets changed here, and he says to him this, What's your name? This angel that he's wrestling, which is God, what's your name? He says, I'm Jacob, deceiver, usurper. He says, no, your name is now Israel. He got a new name. He got a new name, which says, and his new name was this. He named this place Peniel. I have seen God face to face, yet my life is preserved. Isn't that beautiful? So he has a new name, and um, we're, and I just love that. It says, and I've just said this, I really do believe we can never rise to what God has for us without some level of brokenness in our life. And for that, we need to be grateful. And every one of us in this room that have lost, I'm saying this to you, I've been saying it all year, keep coming at you with it. I believe the Lord wants to give you double and I don't know how he's going to do it, but I do believe he wants to give you double. This was Jacob's sojourn. He left with nothing. He came in with double. Um, and I, I believe with all my heart he has that for you. And, um, you know, and then Genesis 35, 1 through 3, God said to Jacob, after this experience, arise, go up to Bethel, Bethel, and I love this, and live there. 
Okay. Open heaven. Open heaven. I believe after we've been through the process of brokenness, now's our day of open heaven. We can go to Bethel and we can live there. And I believe, is that ultimately not what this, what we're here for, is to release heaven on earth? And when self is in the way, we can't do that. So we have had the opportunity here to let the Lord break us. To, we're, we're, you know what, guys? We're probably going to always have a limp. I think we're always going to have a limp now. But the truth of the matter is, is we have a new mandate. It's time to go to Bethel and live there where there's an open heaven. I think we're ready for that. I think God really wants to pour in more. He wants to double what we had even before all this happened. And, all, and he knows how he's going to do it. Jacob experienced this. I love this, and I think it's interesting that he laid his head on a stone at Bethel. Okay, and see, the Lord gave me a year ago in a dream a purity stone. He hand, I had someone to hand me a white stone. And I knew in that dream that I was being handed a purity stone. And I knew that that meant the triumph of our faith is more precious than gold. And then in the book of Revelation, we see this, okay? We see this scripture here, Revelation, where it's speaking to the church. It was one of the churches. They were given a new name, okay? A new name. It says, he has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. 217 Revelation. To him who overcomes, I will give him some of the hidden manna. You want hidden manna? And I will give him a white stone. And a new name written on a stone which no one knows but he who receives it. I believe this church has been given the white stone. We have a new name. We do. We have been changed from Jacob to Israel. I believe that. And we, I believe that white stone, I believe it's the purifying of our faith. I believe that. We can, and when we lay our head on that, that's Bethel. That's open heaven, angels ascending and descending. And that's what I have gained. But this is the interesting thing about Jacob. It goes on. You know, he didn't end there. He ended up losing Joseph. He lost his son Joseph. Still carrying the promises of God. That in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Your descendants will be like the sand. These promises are interesting. You think you're going to get it, and then tomorrow is fulfilled. It's like Moses got the mandate from the Lord. But what happens to him? The worst happens when he goes to get deliverance. They get, the, the, they get persecuted more. So this is what happens to Jacob. Joseph, he loses him. But what happens? Joseph is sold into slavery. Okay, sold into slavery. And he was meant to be the very son he lost was for the deliverance of that nation. So do you see God is a good shepherd? He's the shepherd of our soul. He's leading us. And I love this. At the end of Jacob's life, he said this. You find where he said it. 
Oh, let me find it. Let me find it. Okay. <laughs> Too many notes. Here it is, Genesis. This is at the end of his life where everything's been resolved. Okay? He now knows Joseph is alive. He knows Joseph. He bring, in fact, this is when Joseph has brought his two sons to be blessed by Jacob. And you know what Jacob says? This is what I call the great resolve. I love this. He says, he blessed Joseph and said, The God who has been my shepherd all the days of my life. Isn't that something? He says, I never expected to see your face again. But behold, I have not only gotten to see your face, but I've seen your children's face. And I call that, you know, really the Lord was speaking to us all morning. I believe this is the great resolve. It is. And even Joseph in his life sold into slavery, went, to, went through all he went to. And you know what he said at the end of his life when he got to the end of this, when his brothers were scared and saying, we repent. Are you now going to turn against us with our father dead? He wept and said, no. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. He is the great shepherd of our soul. He is leading us. We may not ever understand it. I call this one day he will connect every single dot of our life. When we get to the end of life, the dots will be connected. We will see it. And really, when we get on the other side, we will say it was a beautiful thing. We were sojourns on that life, in that life. God had purpose in everything we went through. What devil means for evil, God can turn it and use it for good. We will not be defeated. He is a good God, and it is a contention. We have to contend that God is a good shepherd of our soul. We have to believe and hold on to that. Many of the prophets are saying in the last days, that is the very thing we will battle over is, is God good? Is he good? He is good. You know what I feel about God is this. It's not that he's good just based on what he does for me. He just is good. He is good. Who he is in himself, he is good. And I think this is really interesting. Our little grandson, Oliver, Okay, I want to tell you, this is, you know, I tell you about these promises. They can be rough. Rough. We've had a word of her grace that she can have as many children as she wants. She's had four miscarriages. Infertility for six years. Our daughter, Grace. Finally, through fertility treatment, had her firstborn. She miscarried two more after him. Okay, getting pregnant on her own which was a miracle finally had Oliver you know we're just like yay and uh, she's pregnant and goes into okay this is I'm preaching this message basically on Thursday night at Queen City Girls and I wake up Friday morning Grace's water is broken but I will say this (laughs) this is when I knew when I saw the connotation of Oliver's name they really sought the Lord about his name, Oliver. And I think I told you that story. They didn't know what to name him. Oliver was in the running. He was down in the NICU. 
they asked a nurse, and then that nurse asked them, what is his name? And they said, we just don't know. And, they, and Grace looked at the nurse and says, what have you been calling him? She says, well, I've been calling him Oliver. And I just think that's amazing. It's bringer of peace. He's named after Byron, Frederick, Oliver Frederick. But the interesting thing I really knew that the Lord was speaking, the, con- the scriptural connotation for his name is Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Isn't that something? So I hope you see what I'm trying to show you this morning in our lives. If we can gain perspective of our journeys, it will really help us in the midst of it. We have so much scripture and stories that we can glean from, and they're there for that reason, for that reason. I'm going to end Psalm 23 in the passage. I'm going to read it to you. Don't, don't put it. I'm going to read it. God is my fierce protector and pastor. I always have more than enough. Stand up and let me read this over you. God is my fierce protector and pastor. I always have more than enough. He provides a resting place for me in his luxury love. His tracks take me to the quiet brooks of bliss, the oasis of peace. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the pathways to God's pleasure, leading me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your paths take me through the valley of deepest darkness, you remain closer to me and lead me through it all the way because you are with me. I have no fear of danger. Your authority is my strength and peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You've become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why should I fear the future? For your goodness and unfailing love will always be my companions every day. And then afterward, when my life is through, I return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. Amen. Woo! Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we just... You know, I, I think the Lord wants to release that double, that, that white stone. And that was powerful, wasn't it? That was a message from, from heaven for us this morning. And God really wants to release because you got a double dose of trouble. Let me read this to you. This come from Magusi. Text. That's amazing. Because you got a double this is coming this is from the scripture from the message. Isaiah sixty one verse seven. Because you got a double dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt, your inheritance in the land will be doubled. And your joy go on forever. Isn't that awesome? Let me read that. Because you got a double dose of trouble. Raise your hand if that's you, that you got a double dose of trouble. 
and more than your share of contempt, your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy go on forever. Isn't that the Lord? Now, I believe the Lord wants to impart that stone to us today. Becky was saying it was a purity stone to lay your head on to come into that double portion that Elisha carried. It was interesting. That was the, what we shared at the men's retreat about Elisha. That God wants to double you today. So let's just receive that. I think there's an impartation. I'm going to pray. But really, she needs to pray it because she's the one who got it. But I feel it. When she was preaching, I felt God was saying, double, yeah. double. So, Lord, right now, this is two areas I'm really feeling. We're going to hold hands. Hold hands. I feel like for the river of God. I've been hearing this all week. There is a river mm. whose streams make glad yeah. the city of our God. Yeah. God is in the midst of her, yeah. and we shall not be moved. Yeah. Lord, I'm proclaiming double of the river of God in this place today. I'm proclaiming double of the river of God in this place. And Lord, I'm proclaiming, this is another, I've been feeling grace for grace. Grace for grace. Lord, we've contended for grace in this place. And we're saying out of your fullness, you have given us grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And we release that into every situation in this family. Double grace. Double grace, double anointing, the river. Double grace and double anointing into families, into provision, finances, houses, cars, relationships, revelation. Lord, anointing, we release double in this place, Lord. I release that purity stone right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, the purity stone. Just take that. That angel put that thing in my hand. I, you know, we have these people that lurk around that are, what do you call them? They think we're crazy when we do this stuff. They post it on the Internet. So just ignore them. We know it's real. <laughs> I mean, have they read the Bible? Have they really read the Bible? What's in there? It's really wild stuff in there. Okay. Yeah, Jacob wrestled with an angel and got his hip out of joint. So a purity stone, take it. Lord, we just say right now, Lord, we, we receive it, Lord. Lord, we don't take it lightly, Lord. We don't take it lightly, Lord. We don't take it lightly. Just come Holy Ghost right now, Lord. Every person, Lord, in this place, Lord, double. Give them back or they've lost it, Lord. You know how to do it, Lord. You know what to do. You know what to do, God. You know what to do, Lord. Just come, Holy Spirit. Come. How we love you, Lord. Lord, let this be about love at the end of the day. We know the end of the story. We'll come up from the wilderness, leaning, leaning on our beloved Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Something else God's really been releasing in these last few weeks is our awareness of those 
that are a whole lot less fortunate than us. And there, there's been life on that. There's been life on that that hasn't been there before. It's, it's something new God's doing in our midst. And God's going to show us the need. And then God is going to provide the way to meet that need. So I just feel like praying, Lord, this double portion of our finances. Lord, it's not for bigger houses and nicer cars. It's for the kingdom of God. It's for your purposes. It's for people that are living in cardboard boxes, Lord God. And we pray we want the double portion. And we're not ashamed to ask for the double portion. Because we know you have a purpose, a kingdom purpose for it. And I pray a release, a release of the financial double portion right now. And God, a release of the stewardship within us of that double portion. Because it's yours, Lord God. In Jesus' name. We could just get the... Uh... I'm sorry, I just want to say something real quick. Um, I just felt like God is telling us that if you want your double portion, you have to first take the purity stone. You have to take that stone and release any hurt or bitterness or anger or tension, anything, and it will give you peace and patience. When you take that purity stone, you have patience in situations that you never had patience before. And when you have that patience, God can open up that double and release it to you. And you will feel it and you will know that it is from him. <laughs> Woo, so just take that, Lord. We release. We cancel the debt of anybody, Lord, who has wronged us, Lord. We cancel the debt. Lord, we say they don't really owe us anything. They don't owe us anything, Lord God. It is really silly of us to hold things against anybody, Lord, when you so freely have forgiven us of everything, Lord. So we just, right now, Lord, we just say, you don't owe me anything. Just look at that person right now in the spirit and say, you really don't owe me anything. It is really wrong of me to hold anything against you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the purity stone that we can receive, Lord. Right now, that double portion coming. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let's just give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We just bless you, Lord. We worship you. How you love us. How we love you, Lord. Oh, we're, we love you, Lord God. We love you, Jesus. You are the anchor of our soul, Lord God. You are the promised land. Jesus, you are the promised land. You are the promise we're holding on to, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name. Oh, we just want to get the ministry team up here now so we can pray for you, pray for the sick. Lord, we want to agree this morning for people to be placed in their destinies and their promised land this morning. We want to just see the sick healed. We want to see answers to prayer this morning. We want to agree with you. You come get ministry this morning. Thank you, Lord.